0: listening to the build assets online podcast learn how you You. can build a diverse and sustainable income online from two brothers who actually do it now here are your hosts
1: mike and joe all right everyone welcome again to the build assets online show today we have with us i got to look at the mic the camera today we have with us very special guest star student Daniel Apke. Daniel has really just taken to the Build Assets Online lifestyle and embraced everything about it. Um, If you'll you'll watch our last interview with him, from probably over a year ago now, he joined the the Elite Fleet uh, from another dropshipping program. We quickly increased his success drastically. And now he's doing big things. He's thinking about selling his store. He's doing land. He he just really followed what we teach, and I think is uh, doing pretty well for it. So uh, great to have you back on the show, Daniel.
2: Yeah, thanks for having me. I think it was last April or so, and a lot's changed since then. Cool. Yeah. So I guess why don't you take us through that
0: because I forget where we were. That you know last year, where you were in terms of your store or overall what you had going on, maybe your expectations. So. Cue us in as to how things have changed for you.
2: Yeah. So at that point I had one store. Um, it was kind of beginning phases. I started it late 2019. Um, so I was really ramping it up during that period. And I think that was last April. And uh, by the time May hit, it was doing well into six figures a month. Um, so that was kind of my transition period. And then I only had one store at that time. And then throughout that summer, last, which was last summer, I opened up another store um, and then I partnered with my brother on another store. So I have a total of three right now, three stores. Um, so I'm partnered with my brother on two and then have one, uh, which was my first one by myself. And
1: what? um, what's that? No, no, I, I was gonna say, uh, this is advice that I think I've been giving a lot more while I did a coaching call today. And when I said you were following in the Build Assets Online footsteps, I think exactly what you described, I just wanna just talk about it for a second because I don't think people realize. Now, you had your one store, mm-hmm. and then you quickly threw up a bunch of other stores, leveraged your family members, threw a bunch of things <laughs> at the wall, and just built up your online assets. And that's what we did. That's what you did. And uh, that's it. That's. I just wanted to point that out because that many. Well, many people don't really, I, I talked to a, co- a student today on a coaching call, mm-hmm. and um, you know he had kind of expressed that. He he didn't want his first store to be a failure. He didn't want to go so far and then realize he did the completely wrong thing. And I told him, you know, something similar to what you described is it's not about that. It's about building the assets and seeing seeing where they land. So, good job. Yeah, yeah.
2: yeah and there, throughout that process, I did um, I focused a lot on SEO yeah. on my first store, um, trying to make like kind of a blog site off of that. And then I also did Kindle uh, for a while. I ended up getting out of Kindle. And then uh, my, you guys actually on the podcast at one point got me into land. So I've been doing land with my other brother as well. Yeah, so
0: you, have, you have a lot of brothers to exploit, and we'll get into that. But Joe is saying how you know we have students that come, and they don't want to like do the wrong thing. So I guess could you talk about maybe some of the mistakes that you made uh, during the first store and then – kind of how you feel like you've been able to course correct through different stores and what what that process has been like?
2: Yeah. Um, for the mistakes, let me think, I, I think the biggest part I was focusing on the wrong things. I think a lot of people do that at first, you know, you focus on the wrong things at the wrong time. And as you gain more experience, you kind of learn what's important. And you guys preach that over and over again about suppliers and Google ads and all that. Um, but I think just putting all my attention and things that don't really move the needle, um, from a revenue standpoint. That's where I really wasted a lot of time. And then, I mean, once you figure out what, what works and what doesn't work, you just keep doing the same thing over and over again. Um, and just learn from that and grow.
0: Yeah. Cause I guess in the beginning, you don't know what the important things are. If people take for granted, like the ability to just isolate what the main factors are in your business and do them perfectly. And so that's why, You know, Joe and I tell people just to start doing stuff and then those key factors will kind of reveal themselves, but they can only really reveal themselves for you and your particular business because it is kind of unique and it's it's something you have to go through firsthand to actually get.
2: Exactly. It's like
0: um, unconscious competence, they call it, right? And then you figure out, you know, you're conscious of what you're incompetent about and then you become competent and conscious of of that. Right. So – Yeah. Do you feel like um, when you started out the other two stores, were they able to become successful a lot quicker?
2: They were originally. um, So at first, actually, with one of the stores, I partnered with my brother and only got a small percentage. And he was kind of running the show from there. And then we ended up giving half and half. Um, But yeah, I think I think we're we're at a point we're in a transitioning phase. We haven't put that full force of energy into those stores yet to really take it to the next level where my first store is but we we are moving in that direction we know what to focus on and it's definitely enhancing growth for those stores quicker
1: let me ask you a question um there was one store where we we actually told you like we normally don't say this but one of your stores that you were thinking about starting we well, actually said no nah, like we actually really hate this niche that industry yeah but you I did remember. you did it anyway right i did it anyways yeah and that's the, i want i want to to to, to notice <laughs> that because there's really like I don't even know what I'm going to say, but you you created an asset, and you weren't worried about whether it's going to fail, even though we said it might not be good. And right. once it's created, it's there, and maybe it's not the most optimal thing you could have ever created, but now it's a little while later, you still have it, it's built, mm-hmm. you have a foundation to build off of, and uh, it's a beautiful thing. And I don't think people see the value in just creating something, even if, like, we don't like we don't like it, or you're questioning whether it could be good. Just create it and yeah. build off of it later.
2: And, and to be honest, you guys were right about that industry. We had to pivot massively out of that industry and kind of go to sub niches and uh, get out. You guys were. It's extremely seasonal that that niche. So we we're kind of get we kind of got out of that. We're still in it, but we're focusing on other niches and that because our store was broad enough name, and we just went a lot broader.
0: Yeah. So you you still at least followed our principles as far as like you're setting yourself up in a way where, okay, you cannot listen to us and, and go down that role, that road, but you could still have the opportunity to completely move away from it. Honestly, if it, if it doesn't work. And so exactly, that's like, you know, the, the big thing about how we do stores and, you know, I think you see that now it's like, you have to set yourself up to be able to pivot because that's, that is the, the strongest point of online business is the ability to be able to go from one thing to another. If, something fails or something doesn't work out the way that you expect it to work out. You don't have this rent you have to pay. You don't have all these employees, all this overhead.
2: Right. Exactly. Next thing. Exactly. Yeah. And Uh we, I've seen, we've had a lot of issues with one store on just being extremely difficult to get suppliers. And that's where it's been really handy to be able to pivot to other niches and categories. Uh, just there's like, there's like 10 suppliers in that industry and you can only get two or three of them. So we had to pivot out of that as well.
0: Well, maybe in another year, you might be able to get those other suppliers. You know, if, even if it's if it's a long term project. Yeah. Because like for us, um, you know, we have we have some stores as well where it's like these stores are a couple years older now, and we've been able to go after say some bigger names, and we have a lot more. we, we have a lot more to show for that store, and we also have a lot more to show for our entities as a whole. You know, we can say this is who we are. Mm-hmm. This is who we bring to the table, and there's so much more proof. Right. If you can show, like okay, you know, versus someone that's new they call their store isn't even unlocked. It's like how are you supposed to land big names with that? And it's not, you yeah. know, everyone starts at that point, but
2: you starts can't expect to often.
0: yeah, you can't expect to just get everyone off the out the gate. Exactly. That's why you want to
2: Yeah. Get who you can. Time in general is just a huge factor with getting good suppliers in the industry. It's it's a big time thing. They want to see you're there to stay. A couple you go to them, you know, every few months for a couple of years and they come.
0: Yeah. Well, I want to transition to the the idea of time because how does it work? No, I'm just kidding. So you are running a lot of businesses now and you have one store you run yourself. You have a couple um, partnerships with your brothers. Mm-hmm. So like how do you – are you doing more time management things? Like what does is, what is time look like for you?
2: It's Right now it's really crunch. That's why I'm looking to sell one. Um, but I mean I think the biggest thing is just finding good partnerships. For me, it was my brother's. Um, When you grow to a certain level, it's hard. You can't really put the amount of energy that's needed into a store to grow it yourself, I don't think. So I think by leveraging family and doing that, going down that route so they can kind of lead the projects, I think that was the biggest thing for me. And then I kind of – I'm trying to get more and more into land, but first I have to get a few things settled with the businesses. Um, But yeah, I think just leveraging good partnerships honestly is really important.
0: Yeah. It's like in the beginning, you start out, you have a lot of time. And so you're able to put a lot of energy and focus into one particular thing. Mm-hmm. And so for you, that would be like your first store, you build it up and then now you're gaining momentum. You're able to get some more partners on, you're able to do more and more things right. to the point where it's like, okay, now you can look, you've created kind of a different problem for yourself. Now you're short on time, but you have a lot of different assets and, and you know, right. assets, right? So you can look and say, okay, what's taking up a lot of my time? What looks like it could be, you know, a better avenue to go down, and uh, you can do things strategically, like sell a store or,
2: right. or what have
0: you. And so, it's uh, a really good position to be in because you've created a lot of things for yourself, and now it's like you can kind of start choosing the path that you want to go down.
2: Exactly. There's a lot of options. Things are open, which I like. So,
0: yeah. And it's like, did you have that that vision in the beginning, or you know, I, a, a year ago? Did you? think that like this is where you would be or did it just kind of turn up like that just through doing a lot of things i mean i
2: wanted to keep exploring different things and being around you guys and and (laughs) you guys group i see what you guys are doing and i kind of wanted that to see what i liked what i didn't like and just spread my eggs out um but i think i i i I was super hyper focused on my first store for a long time and i think that's why it saw the success fast because i was really really focused on that and then once that got profitable i started exploring the kindles of the world and all that
1: Mm-hmm. last time you were on the show Daniel I believe you were working a full-time job right are you still working that
2: no I don't have a job
1: okay wow that's okay. that's that's a big thing in itself do you want to talk about that a little bit because you were full-time in some sort of sales position last time right
2: yeah exactly I actually quit that early this year um, you know it was it was nice because I was working remote and I it was it was pretty flexible I was still working but um you know, when things came up with my stores and whatnot, I could, I could work on them. Um, so it was nice in that sense, but I, I got out of that early this year and it was a really good move. I mean, ever since then I could focus on the stores and just grow things and focus on land and put more time into things that are going to, you know, raise your assets.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Grow your assets.
1: Are you enjoying like the, uh, I guess the different lifestyle or has it not changed that much? since you were working remote anyway, and you just have just as much to do.
2: It really hasn't changed that much, to be honest. Because I my old job was really flexible too, because um, I was in outside sales, so it was a really similar life. Um, but I think just knowing that I'm self employed and just working on my own assets is a is a game changer for me.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, the more time you can spend on that, the better. And um, a lot of people talk about you know the lifestyle of it or you know the the paradise right. you can live in. Yeah. But- You know, at the end of the day, like with the times that we live in now, how things can change so quickly, Mm -hmm. it's like you do need to set yourself up to treat this as as a career. And maybe that's not something I wanted, I would have wanted to hear five years ago, because I just wanted to kind of be uh, a vagabundo, as my uh, Brazilian Jiu Jitsu coach would would say. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, you do need to actually take this seriously. But I I do want to bring it back to how you were talking about you put a lot of time and energy into your first store. And so for a lot of people with, with jobs, that's hard, but it is a very, very important point. Cause you said that when you partnered with your brothers, it, things got, got stagged it because no one was really taking a solid lead on the project. Mm-hmm. And that's something people really, really need to understand because especially if you're doing things by yourself, I know we talk about having all these stores and building a whole portfolio, but there is a balance between putting all your energy into one thing to really make it as successful as possible and diluting right. your attention because yeah, if there's no one there to give the project, it's full focus. It's not going to become what it can become.
2: Right. Exactly. So
0: what kind of um like struggles did you run into with that?
2: With, in, uh, in terms of what?
0: Well, you, you said how you partnered with your brother and it's like, things weren't going as well. Were you able to like fix that? How did, how did that, uh,
2: yeah, we ended, up, we ended up putting all of our energy, because we were trying to spread it out, like you said, too thin. Um, so we kind of just identified what needed to be done, wrote everything out, and then kind of steps to getting them done. And, and we actually stopped focusing on both stores at once and put all of our focus into one store. Um, yeah. And then once that store was to a place where we felt it was good, we'd kind of pull back and then we'd do the same thing and repeat it on the other store. Um, so I think that was the main thing is we were just trying to do too many things. I had lead of one store. He had lead of one instead of taking lead of, uh, both of one store together and assigning tasks, which ended up being a lot more, um, efficient for us. But I think that was one of the problems at first.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes efficiency can get in the way of, uh, success when again, like you don't know exactly what to do. You really have to spend a lot of time being inefficient and figuring out like, okay, this is not what's worked. This is not what works. This is not what works. Okay, this is what works. Right. And then eventually you could hire and put all those things in place. But it's not um, people think they can just make five stores out the gate and just have outsource them all and, and, you know, be chilling. But right. sometimes it doesn't always work out like that.
2: No, yeah, it definitely takes time and consistency. And you just, like you said, just trial and error over and over and over again.
1: What's great about the partnership stores or any sort of partnership business is that you um, not only get the earnings. Oh man, I'm gonna rhyme. It's gonna sound so cheesy. You get you get the earnings and you get the learnings from uh, <laughs> from both yeah. because you know we have partnerships on on blo- on dropshipping sites and blog sites and you know sometimes you'll see what happens to those businesses businesses and even mm-hmm. though you haven't done any of the uh, actual day to day work yourself, it's good to look at and you can say oh wow like that worked out this way or that worked out that way. And it's sure. kind of like, uh, it's kind of like the fast track to gaining more experience, which is, you know, probably one of the most valuable things. Yeah, exactly. exactly. It's
0: like, um, you know, Joe, you did a partnership on a, like SEO project with, I don't know if she's a student of ours or someone that just reached reached out. And so it allowed you to kind of say, Hey, like, try this out. Yeah. And that's almost what we did with, um, with our cousin, Jared, actually, we were like, we had him do a bunch of things before he even did drop shipping. Just like, hey, do this, do this, do this, to see what will work. Testing. Balance and, balance. Uh, yeah. So it's like you know you're like a little uh CEO, seeing you know what what reports come back, and yep. uh, <laughs> yeah, because you, you can only you can only spread yourself so thin.
2: It right? is crazy too how different some of these niches are from one industry to another with suppliers and. Yeah, it's, just, it's that's the craziest some some niches have like 12 percent margins versus some are working off like thirty five, forty percent margins. And then some are all Chinese suppliers that, you know, have warehouses in the US and some are all US suppliers. It's just it's really interesting to see the difference of niches, too.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And that's why, like, you know, it's hard to give, you know, like in our courses and stuff, you can't give specific advice because every person's situation is unique. Right it's about where they want to take the business. Maybe they just want it to be like $2,000 a month, they're chilling, whatever versus they want to dominate versus they're in, they want to do some weird niche. Right. So yeah, that's why having multiple stores really it teaches you a lot because you can tell um whether you're doing something wrong or if it's like something else.
2: Right. Yeah. Another factor.
1: I want to tell a quick uh, story. Now, this is not from one of our students, but one of our uh colle colleagues you can call him that we met early on we're trying to get him on the show but uh i won't reveal his niche but let's just say he has a niche that's not uh google ads friendly and um it's kind of funny what happened with his store is that he doesn't know anything about seo he can't get on google ads but he made his store he started posting about his stuff on forums and posting on like all these weird places and eventually his site took off SEO wise without him knowing what he was doing just because it was such a unique um, niche such a unique industry that no one was really doing and uh you know he's doing I mean I think he hates his store but I think he, he's doing pretty well money wise he he hates the he hates the niche he's in I can't get into too much too many details unfortunately but right. um yeah it, it's just crazy what happens industry by industry um, and you know a lot of times you have to just carve the way, carve the way forward yourself. Um, and, yeah. and just know that it's always going to be changing. Yeah. So tell us about, um, a little bit of the land stuff
0: you're getting into what that's been like for you.
2: That's been fun. I've, I've been enjoying that. We started, uh, back in December, my brother and I, this was my other brother who's not partners on the shipping stores. My brother, Ron, um, we started in December. We sent our first mailer out within like two days of signing up for the course <laughs> oh, and then um yeah i'm one to just kind of try things and see the results i don't like to spend too much time learning about it um but yeah we sent out our mailers and it was a rough start a big learning curve in land huge learning curve um but we just kept being consistent with mail and it's the last couple months we've been seeing a lot of finally getting a lot of results and success and it's really starting to take off for us
0: cool so, where do you picture your um, mental energy going in the future? How much on your stores?
2: How much on that? I'd probably say uh, I'd probably say fifty-fifty in terms of my stores and land. But I've also been doing some in like actual real estate in Cincinnati that I want to spend a little time on too. I know that's not your guys's uh, online assets course, but I've been doing some of that as well. Um, but I'd say I'd say about 50 I want to. I don't want to be too um, engraved in one thing, like you guys say, kind of spread it out, but I uh, definitely like to spend more time on land as well. Are you gonna do
0: like rental properties or something?
2: I do have some rental properties here and I want to, I want to keep acquiring some and, uh, you know, flipping houses doing just different, trying different things.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if you ever plan to get into that in the future, but it's like for us, you know, we also have the the SEO stuff, Mm -hmm. SEO side of things. So it's like, I don't know. We already have so much going on. That it's-, it's got a
2: lot, definitely.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I mean,
1: I I have a rental property. Yeah, you, you do have but, a rental property. But um, yeah, I mean, I think I got to see see where it goes in the next the next couple years. Um, but I I mean, I think rental properties rental property is like the long term, like way like that's the way I would approach it is just buying something that I'm gonna hold long term,
2: right? Rent it just- out.
1: Um, because really, I mean, at, at the end of the day, buying a piece of real estate. It's not as volatile as a website could be, mm-hmm. um, you know, a website could be, you, I actually want to ask you about the, S, the the SEO journey on your website. Cause I know last time we talked about it, I didn't really honestly, I really didn't even give you too much private instruction. Uh-huh. Um, I kind of just told you an overview of what to do. I don't, I think we hopped on like a five or 10 minute call if I remember. Yeah, we did. Yeah. And I think I told you, you know, basically what to do when you're able to take that and run with it and- I want to hear a little bit about that because I think you said that now your store is getting more organic traffic than, than paid traffic.
2: Yeah, it's getting a lot. It's definitely growing too fast. Um, my clicks are growing every week. It's crazy. I'm just watching it. It's just, if you just look at the graph, it's just shooting up right now. So it's really (laughs) exciting. Um, I'm really getting
0: addicted to a a graph to refreshing a graph, you
2: know? (laughs) Yeah. Um, but no, so I, I kind of got the, like you said, you get the structure down first, do the basics, get the store. Um, the architect down. And then I had some blogs written. I have a guy who writes a bunch of blogs for me. Um, You helped me a lot with picking out the articles and all that stuff. And then had a bunch of those written, still have those written pretty often. And then um, I bought a bunch of backlinks from the company you recommended as well. And I think I had like 20, I bought 25 over a few months period. And they're all DR over 65, I think some are 90 so it's really really good solid backlinks and i think that's what really helped it expensive though right yeah it's like $500 a link almost
1: yeah luckily we're bringing that uh bringing that more in house now not really yeah. working with that that company anymore just because it was so so expensive just to it's
2: pricey. me yeah
1: yeah but it's something that you could do on your own pretty easily if you outsource it i actually have uh one of my filipino eas uh, actually I had him working on a, one of our, one of my blog sites that I was just getting started and I, you know, kind of just wanted to throw him on it just to test the waters. He actually yeah. landed like a link from like CNN. At, oh they, wow. Yeah. It was crazy. They, they like interviewed him and stuff.
2: <laughs> <laughs> did you interview or did he actually take the interview? No, he
1: took the interview. Oh wow. Yeah. That's awesome. Is that official? It's official. Yeah. Is the, li- is the link official? Yeah. The link is live. It's to follow. Really? Yeah, you didn't send me the link. I told you it was coming. Yeah, but you know how
0: it is. For the bag alert, you you never know what's gonna happen.
2: Yeah, I th- I think that was one of those things. I could have spent the time and energy to try to figure it out, but I don't know if I would have ended up doing it. So it was probably yeah. best. It. It's it's
1: annoying to say the le- to say the least. Um, yeah, yeah. But so so yeah, it's a, that's pretty much all you did SEO wise. I mean, P. It's kind of funny people always. We have the stuff we have in our course for SEO, and I feel that it's very simple. It's very straight to the point. You asked me a very limited number of questions, and I spent five or ten minutes with you, and you were able to take that and obviously do a lot with it. And I really think it has to do with your uh, your bias for for taking action. Not to sound uh, too corny or whatever, but like I don't know, I don't know how else to explain it. Like a lot of people want to come to SEO, seem to like like a lot of things i guess ask questions that aren't that relevant but mm-hmm. again you just you're i think a lot of success comes to comes down to like narrowing what the tasks are what what the big tasks are you said when you started you were spent a lot of time focusing on tasks that weren't c- critical to your revenue
2: right And that's really
1: the, the the key skill i'm finding working with people is that <laughs> the people that have the most success are able just to dial in on the the core tasks and you know, throw them out there and see if they work and adjust along the way.
2: Yeah, I I watched a few videos and then I I was following that uh, John Dykstra, the guy you guys recommended to look at too. And then I just watched a few videos, got advice from you guys and then kind of just implemented them from there.
0: Yep, if we had waited, you know, to get all the answers that we thought that we needed before doing SEO, we would still be at zero because we've really, you know you, t- you talk about blazing the trail joe like we had to fail so much and do so many wrong things just to narrow in on those key things that will actually increase your revenue yeah and uh you know we're still refining that process five years later or four years later whatever it is so yeah it's uh i think that's what that's what separates the, the men from the boys
2: yeah being able
0: to, you know look because it, it scales over to not just like it's not just um, focused on one specific business. Like it becomes a skill that you're able to kind of gain more acuity as far as this is probably what I need to focus on and more. You're able to go through that mental exercise a lot better in your own head of like doing things, really seeing what it is that's moving the needle mm-hmm. and um, taking action around that.
2: Exactly, And there's been a, obviously a ton of issues with every business you get in. Um, I'm even getting sued on my, my site that I'm selling. I've been getting sued the last four months on that. I've uh, been shut out of like five different merchant accounts. I couldn't find a bank. I had a, a PayPal's holding $50,000 yeah. from me. PayPal just had a ton of different issues come up. And I think everyone with every business at some point is going to just have those issues that you got to get through.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Issues are are the name of the game.
2: It is. They're always coming up.
0: Yeah. And it's like, it's always just, there's always a hurdle, a next hurdle to get through. And, um, yeah, I forgot you had that, that problem with the merchant center stuff.
2: It was bad. It was was really fun. Yeah, that was, that was really bad. And then I finally found a merchant who's, you know, been consistent with me and that took a long time to do. But the problem was every merchant that was shutting me out was holding money as well. So in the early stages, you don't just have that kind of money to have tied up. So you're working off max credit cards for a little bit to try to balance that out with the merchants holding all your cash.
0: Yeah. But, like at that point, I guess you saw that it was worth pursuing because, again, there's a balance between overcoming every hurdle no matter what because you're going to hustle versus, you know, deciding that, okay, you're being strategic. Like, I actually see a way to make a lot of money with this store. So it's worth my time and stress and energy to actually push through this.
2: Oh, yeah. Results were definitely there, no doubt.
0: Yeah, so you, you were already doing quite a bit of sales before you encountered the merchant issues. Yeah. Otherwise, you probably would have just, I don't know, maybe went and did something else. Stopped out. I've sometimes. heard they eased
2: up a little bit by now, I hope. I think, I don't know if it was a COVID thing or what, but I heard they're starting to get a little more relaxed. Yeah.
0: I think it was a bit of a COVID uh, issue which with Shopify. Well, I think I, I
1: think I know exactly what happened, to be honest. Um, so at the start of the uh, the new normal, i think i think we got to be careful saying stuff on on youtube i don't know but uh let's just say at the the start of the new normal i think what was going on was you had a lot of the low ticket uh scammer type people obviously not all not all people who do low ticket drop shipping are are scammers but you had people like selling like fake masks and like selling masks and like not shipping them and like all sorts of like crazy stuff like that you know like Kind of at the beginning of the new normal, when no one knew what was going on, and you know, you had so many people signing up for Shopify and running all these these scams. Essentially, I think that's what caused them at the beginning to be a little crazy with Shopify payments. But we haven't really heard of too many issues in a while from our students um, in regards to setting up new store yeah. and getting approved with Shopify payments.
2: That's good because then I mean, that was a hot topic at one point in the group. It seemed like a lot of people were running into it. Yeah. Yeah. It's all about
0: risk management yeah. for these big corporations. And, you know, on one hand, I could see it. On the other hand, it's kind of screwed up. But so why are you getting sued? Can you talk about that? Or is that a. So
2: they I can't. What's that type of lawsuit called? It's where they just they had a blind person sue me and saying my site's not ADA compliant. Um, so it's a law firm up in New York, the Southern District of New York, who's suing me. They sued 75 people on the same day of me, and they crawled my website and just said, your logo doesn't have an um, ADA accessible link, like all this different stuff. Um, they did an accessibility test, uh, essentially, and then they filed a lawsuit against me. They had a, a blind person sue me, but it's really going through the law firm yeah. doing it, and now I have to go and fight that. That's been going on since like early this year.
0: So it's like a money grab
2: it is yeah yeah and i'm fighting it i'm not just giving they said already out of the 75 companies that they sued i think 60 of them already settled just to get rid of it oh my god so it's been yeah it's been a headache but you know it's really i mean in the grand scheme of things it it's it will work itself out it's not it's not too big. Yeah, you
0: know maybe that's in lawyer fees or whatever but
2: it yeah it's uh yeah it's not it's not fun <laughs> that's so stupid i was they came and knocked on my doors. I was a Saturday morning. I remember at like eight a.m. They came and knocked on my door and handed me a stack of paperwork, like two inches thick. Of you got digital. like subpoenaed? Yeah, yeah, I did. <laughs> <laughs> they knocked on my door. It was like eight a.m. on a Saturday morning, and wow. so. But they doing they're doing it to all kinds of online businesses, and they're trying to push it to the Supreme Court so they can't do it anymore. But it's it got rejected by Supreme Court. Um, it, the judges hate the people who are doing it. But the issue is you still have to go fight it because you're getting sued. It's a legit lawsuit. So that's the main – you can't just put it on the back burner. Wow.
0: Hmm. I don't know what to say to that, but yeah, that, that's crazy. Do you have any idea of why you were among?
2: Those? I have no idea.
0: Yeah. I mean, I like have... 70, it's, a, it's a lot of sites, but it's a relatively small number of sites versus you know, all the ones that out out there that are not ADA compliant.
2: Yeah, I think I was just it was random because seventy eight was just on the one day. They're doing it all kinds, of, like multiple oh. days, multiple. And there's other law firms doing the same thing. It's a big. If you look at it, like uh, Wall Street Journal had a case or a article on it a couple weeks ago. It's it's becoming a big thing to do for these law firms to sue these online websites yeah. who aren't ADA compliant.
1: I'm about to look into that then. How would you even make your? Did you make? Well, I don't know how many details we should get into, but like, how do you even make your site more ADA compliant? Like,
2: yeah, They have a scan. I can't remember what the scan's called, but honestly, at the end of the day, they did scan mine. And then I had a third party scan it too. Two third party companies scan it. And my site was above average for ADA compliance. So it just shows they're suing anyone. Anyone yeah. can get sued. They can go and pick out a couple of reasons and then sue you.
1: Right, right. I mean, yeah, it's just, you just have a screen. From what I understand, it's just like a screen reader. And as long as the screen reader can like just read the text on the page, like what else can it do? Like if you're blind, you could, yeah, I,
2: yeah, I don't know. But what I do know, they don't, they don't really have a, it's so great. It's so they don't have a strict set of like laws that you have to abide by. So they literally scan your website and then they say, when you go to court, you would just want to prove that you're improving your site's ADA. There's not like, you don't need to hit a certain percentage or a level or they do not tell you to do a certain things. It's such a gray area.
0: Yeah. Yeah. that's the problem with, uh, You know, a lot of this legal stuff is, yeah, you can get sued for anything. That's Mm -hmm. what I've come to to learn just through even like land. Not that we're getting sued, knock on wood, but, you know, working with a lot of attorneys and dealing with that. It's like, yeah, like anyone can sue you for anything, but do they want to go through with, with all the money and time that it's going to take? Is it worth it for them? Right. It's kind of, it's a bit of a money war.
2: Exactly.
0: (laughs) So, um, yeah, but we also ran into an issue ourselves with, uh, one of our products was being so basically we had a supplier one of our products the supplier was like allegedly copywriting another big company and uh, we were unaware of it and so we got like a letter from i don't think we're to, i don't think
1: we're supposed to talk about this we were, well it's, we were, it's vague
0: it's vague all right but it's essentially yeah they were like oh you, you owe us this much of damages and all this stuff and it's pretty yeah,
2: ridiculous who was saying that the supplier no, the big company. Oh, the big company. Okay. For something yeah. for
1: something our supplier did for something we didn't even sell. Oh, basically. You got it. Interesting. <laughs> but it was a si- similar situation where it was just one of these umbrella things where they just try and get yeah. stuff out of you. But exactly.
2: Yeah. It happens. It's not the biggest deal. I mean, you just hire an attorney and try to solve it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I'm becoming more desensitized to it. Yeah. But um yeah. Yeah, that's what goes on. So uh, we got a bunch of questions here.
2: I think if we want to. Oh, this is, oh this, is this is. live. Oh, you didn't. say this live. This is live. Yeah. Yeah, this is very live. Oh, I didn't know you sent me the don't, Google Meet. I
0: <laughs> don't slip up. Yeah. The world is watching. We got twenty-eight people in here right now. Oh, nice. <laughs> so, uh, Dion said, "Could someone dropship amusement park set pieces like roller coaster cars, or was that more in-house for the parks?" So I'll let you guys chime in on that as well. But my, my general idea would be no, because I don't think like Six Flags is going on. is like Googling like King Daka set. <laughs> you know, it's I, I don't know. I don't know how that would work.
1: Also probably a big liability. Like
0: I, I, don't, I, I don't see it. What do you guys think?
1: I don't know. Maybe like, maybe like if you're going to do like in the space of like backyard rentals or something, like like those moon pits, like the moon bounces, maybe something more <laughs> like that I could see. But I don't That'd know about cool. I don't know about like a roller coaster.
0: Yeah. I mean I'm searching roller coaster parts right now. I don't think it's uh it's not very fruitful.
1: God, I'm I'm like I feel my my vitals are increased at the, the topic that we've been discussing. <laughs> I have like a lo I have like a a phobia of legal matters. Is there a term for that? I don't know. It's good to see that you could stay calm, though, Daniel. That's good.
2: Yeah, I mean, it has its ups and downs, you know. It's not- <laughs> <laughs> I was
0: laughing while he was telling the story because I was imagining your reaction, Joe, if this was happening to us. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I so- didn't know if it was a scam or not at first. I seriously had no idea. And then I started calling like, other people and asking about it. I just had no clue.
0: So, Dion, um, yeah, I, I, I don't have much hope for your uh, roller coaster idea, but it did bring me to this website called firstdibs.com that has these $18,000 gold plated roller coaster tables. So you can. Maybe skip the roller coaster parts and just sell these roller coaster tables for uh,
2: $18,000. So, roller coaster table.
0: If you just search, maybe just search roller coaster table and you'll, uh, you'll see what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah, it just comes up. But, <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, okay, so let's uh get to the next question. Thank you for that, DM. Mark Walsh. When you start a store, Daniel, do you test a bunch of high ticket products on Google Shopping from the suppliers you got and see where the clicks take you?
2: When I start a store, when I get once I get the suppliers, do I type in their products and see what comes up?
0: He said, Do you test a bunch of high ticket products on Google shopping
2: from the suppliers
0: you got and see where the clicks take you?
2: Um Oh,
0: you mean like seeing my competitors? So I think he's saying once you're actually in with the suppliers, you start running the Google ads, you start running Google shopping and you're, uh, he said, do you test them and kind of see where you're getting
2: clicks and and go from there? I'm not actually clicking the Google shopping links themselves. I'm, I'm looking at, you know, he's saying when like, like the clicks that you're getting inside of your ads account. Oh, I see. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah, no, I'm always in ads and looking at where what search terms are going to what place and where what products are being clicked. And if the products are good, do I want them being clicked or do I not want them being clicked? And, click mm-hmm. or, you know, just trying to see at first, I'm always analyzing data for the first at least four or five months I have a new supplier. Yeah.
0: So you're kind of just taking what you have, throwing it up, seeing what's coming back, seeing, I guess, if you're getting sales, like, do you want to be making sales for these people? Yeah. Maybe you want to you don't like this product, like this product's too cheap, whatever. Yeah. And then uh, kind of changing your bids appropriately to redistribute things.
2: Exactly, and sometimes you'll see like that some of the, there, you'll get like one product under a supplier that's getting 99% of the clicks and that product's never being sold and who knows why it's getting all the clicks, it's just lower bids. So that's, uh, you gotta always keep your eye on the back end there. Yeah, yeah, Sorry. that's what we tell people.
1: Ugh, literally just put my pants
0: on. <laughs> Uh, so on that note um, Graham Cook there is no way Daniel is successful if Bao John Dykstra and Doug Cunnington have taught me anything it's that you have to be bald to be a successful weapon
2: (laughs) I'm missing something then
0: you got a lot of brothers though so you're checking off at least one of those boxes
2: yeah
1: (laughs) unless it's a toupee
2: (laughs) that
0: makes a lot more sense okay uh yeah mark wall said i'm new got two suppliers and i'm just live with shopping ads yeah so i mean uh two suppliers is not a whole lot i don't know how many you started with daniel when you first went live but two suppliers the problem is you can it's not a big enough sample size in my opinion um
2: or, or is a good starting yeah the more the better um i'd I'd get four to five to start to be honest but you can probably do that by the end of the week if you put some energy into it get a few more in that niche
0: yeah it's not to say you know you can't joe and i i think we went live with our first store ever with like two suppliers maybe three and uh got some sales the first day but yeah it's just every situation is different like you're talking about like every niche is different so um you can't be discouraged if you have two suppliers you put them up you don't get the results you expect. I mean, it could be for a multitude of reasons, but usually when you have a few more suppliers, four or five, it becomes a bit easier to gauge what's going on.
2: Right. And you never, like you said, you never know which suppliers are going to work and who's not going to work. And, you know, if you can go back now that I have a lot of suppliers, I could pick a few and have a storage just off two or three of my best suppliers, but you never know yeah. what those two or three are going to be. Exactly. And so
0: that's why like the whole discussion of, what niche is best, you know, niche this, niche that. It's the people are are missing the whole point because you could be in a niche and you could have the shit suppliers. You could be in a niche, you could have the good suppliers or you could be in a niche and you can't get any suppliers. So right. it's it's totally open-ended. You think past the niche. Every niche is obviously viable because people are producing it and selling it. So it's a matter of, can you get in with the good people? Are they going to share their good margins with you? Are they going to be taking care of you as a dealer? Whatever. So, uh, Kane said, what's going on legends. What's up, Kane? How you doing? Mike? <laughs> Daniel, do you have a lot of, um, like private conversations
2: with people in the elite fleet? I don't know. Uh, what's on behind the scenes behind our backs. Uh, not a lot, but, um, you know, there's a few people who reach out every now and then, um, I think I have probably like five or six consistent conversations with the same people. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I wonder if people in the, um, elite fleet should be considering taking on more partnerships, you know, it's probably a good place to, to spark up some partnerships because yeah, I mean, it could lead to kind of, if, you know, do it like me and Joe did or, you know, like you and your brother did you Mm can go and you can build a whole bunch of things together and it's easier to just allocate uh, roles, but
2: exactly, you yeah, be,
1: you have to be sure you're getting into it with, with the right person.
2: The right person, yeah.
1: We always get five percent. <laughs> Any elite <Yeah. laughs> people, so we always get a kickback. Um,
2: someone said, or Aaron said, "What's the what even is ADA compliance?" ADA, it's like handicap accessibility.
1: Well, ADA is American with Disabilities Act. Yeah. So it's basically, I mean, it encompasses like anything disability related, like, Mm -hmm. like in front of your restaurant, like having a ramp and and stairs, I think is like
2: a ramp stairs with like a handrail.
1: Yeah. What about the American Dental Association? (laughs) You don't want them involved. (laughs) (laughs) Hopefully
0: they don't sue you too, Dan.
1: (laughs) (laughs) For having such wonderful teeth. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> <laughs> they want their cut all right uh what's the best way to open an llc ask aaron i would say it depends on your state you can be one area where see like in new york i think it's like really a pain in the ass so um maybe using like legal zoom or something would be not the cheapest
1: but i think having the- your CP- your cpa do it is the best option always okay. that way they, yeah, have the, that. they have they have all the paperwork they have everything they need they're probably going to be cheaper than legal zoom to be honest um i mean when we have when we open a new business entity i either have we either have the cpa do it or he tells us do it this way and send me the information there you go
0: yeah (laughs) get fly fishing said joe's core vitals need looking at
1: (laughs) i don't know if you want to see
0: kane said more like you're a beast, uh, twisting it for a real opportunity to make a sale. All right, thank you, Kane. <laughs> Mark, how's your how's your store doing right now? Did you reach a seven figure goal you mentioned in the last interview? I guess that question for you, Daniel.
2: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We hit, um, I hit that last year, definitely. Uh, so in 2020 we hit that, and this year should, I'm hoping to double or so. And I think it would be between two to three million dollars of revenue if i were to guess but i'm not sure but yeah we did hit that
0: mark must be a very uh adamant viewer he's recalled your sales goal
2: yeah last day year ago yeah
1: it always surprises me when people like know things about past dreams because i don't yeah. even, i don't even remember them <laughs> yeah um graham said
0: it's a beautiful toupee daniel i miss the start of the video what are you doing revenue-wise
2: with the high ticket store? and how many land deals have you done this far? Land deals. Um, we're, we've acquired you know, I actually don't know the numbers, let's think. Um, we've bought, I think, between 12 to 15 now, and we've sold okay. a few of those, but we're under escrow with a lot too. Um, and then revenue for my store was, uh, last year was about, I think 1.4 million or so, a little under 1.5. But that, that, those first four months, hardly had anything until I linked up with these two guys to help me out. And then um, this year should be between, I would assume I get over two. Boom. Nice.
0: Yeah. I suck at land, man. We have so many deals.
1: It's like, I still don't know what I'm doing. Yeah. Land but stuff. I suck at the... Huh? Con- I, go ahead, Land man.
2: stuff, I said.
1: Yeah, you suck at content sites. I, I suck at building websites, so we're done we're, t- we're toast yeah so
0: we're all here we all suck mm-hmm. I don't know why people are watching this um Bobby <laughs> West said how many stores do you do you guys own so I don't know if that's a question for uh you Daniel you said you own three uh Joe and I own and partner on I don't even know at this point a lot yeah upwards of six I'd say yeah
2: six drop shipping stores you guys have
0: Probably more – I don't know. I don't, I don't feel like mentally counting it right now. And
2: obviously we've sold a few.
0: So I think in our lifetime we've like been involved with maybe around a dozen, but I don't know. Mm. Um, Dang. I don't know how accurate that is. Something like that. Uh, Wally West said, when will course enrollment reopen, Joe?
1: Well, I would say go sign up for the web class, buildassetsonline.com slash playbook. Uh, if you already watched the web class, you can send us an email, and I can see if I can get a spot for you. Go to buildassetsonline.com. Go to contact.
0: Cool. Kane said, let's open a chat for connecting the Bao Kings. <laughs> <laughs> Kane is the man. I don't really I don't really know what he's getting at half the time. Very Australian. But we, we appreciate you, Kane. And uh, Yes, I, I, I agree with whatever you say. Aria Schwan said, Hey, guys, I'm new to the channel and haven't found much success dropshipping. Currently from Canada. And I wanted to ask what your thoughts are on ClickFunnels versus Shopify. Also wanted to ask how much I should be spending on Facebook advertising to expect a sale. Not sure if video ads or still image ads would make more sense. And I could tell from these questions why you're having trouble.
1: So, I guess you're very new to the, the channel. Yeah. Arya. Right, so I'd say um well, definitely... why we, sorry, why don't we let Daniel answer the question? Yeah, you,
2: you answer Daniel. <laughs> so what's we what's the Shopify? She uh it sounds like she's running Facebook ads, you said. Yeah. I don't know anything about ClickFunnels at all. Um i I work only off Shopify for my dropshipping stores. Um, so I, ca- I can't help you with ClickFunnels. I don't know if you guys can post <laughs> off those at all.
0: Nope. But yeah, so
2: uh,
0: Aria, um, basically, you know, if you're not familiar with our channel, we do high-ticket dropshipping. So it sounds like you're working on um, drop shipping that involves Facebook advertising. We really do very little of that. We work with in-country suppliers. We have a lot of successful students in Canada. Do you have any interviews with um, Canadian students? There's someone with a guy named jacob yeah i don't know where he's been yeah, yeah. watch our search uh build assets online jacob and canada, uh Canadian,
1: canada just search build online, canada
0: yeah um canada is great for high ticket drop shipping because no one is doing it and kind of like the uk and so yeah uh definitely familiarize yourself with what we're doing and you don't have to worry about facebook you don't have to worry about click funnels click funnels if you're having trouble with drop shipping ClickFunnels funnels is not going to be like your, your savior. And we went through this a lot when we were just starting out because it's like, you're trying to find the business model that's right for you. And so it's like, do I want to do Shopify? Don't do click funnels. Well, if I'm going to do click funnels, what am I going to do? Am I going to sell some like faceless product? Because clearly if you're new, like you don't have a lot of, you're not going to make your own course and, and sell whatever. So typically when you're new, you want to do something faceless, which I, I would certainly recommend and doing it with, drop shipping with high ticket drop shipping from suppliers that are in your country is by far the easiest way to do it because it's so normal you go and you buy nameless products all the time like you don't know the person that, that's making
1: the mike sorry to cut you off here but i think what yeah. she's referring to is people actually do try and sell low ticket items on click funnels and do like upsells oh. and stuff like that so i think that's what she's talking You're about right. um just to clarify i actually gotta get off because i have a meeting at 4 30 um, we don't do any of that. So I, what I would recommend is actually go watch the web class, buildassetsonline.com playbook. You'll get the most uh, information there, probably yeah. in like some of the most condensed format on exactly what we do. But I would say steer clear of everything you're talking about. Stay cl- steer clear of Facebook ads. Steer clear of ClickFunnels if you want to be successful with dropshipping. You basically just want to become – a retailer within your own country for legitimate products and legitimate brands in your home country. Um, that's, that's the most brief explanation I can uh, give.
0: Well, well, seems like we got a, a hard stop. It's yeah. It's been a solid, uh, it's been five minutes. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess Joe, do you want to uh, wrap it up?
1: Yes. Thanks for your coming fans. on. Thanks for coming on, Daniel. Appreciate it juke nukem is that a framed kramer picture behind you yes <laughs> build assets online.com slash playbook go uh, check out our web class and uh yeah thanks for uh, checking out the stream i wish i could stay man it's kind of usually we have nothing to talk about and now i feel that i have to go like... <laughs> all
2: good well good stuff guys thanks for
0: listening to the build assets online podcast <laughs> If you've enjoyed the show, don't forget, subscribe, share, and leave us a rating on whatever platform you might be listening from. And if you're ready to learn how to build your own online business portfolio, start now by visiting buildassetsonline.com slash playbook. We'll see you in the next episode.